0: Hey, what's this watermark? There's a watermark? Oh, it's a white guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two gray guys. <laughs> it's a mix between white and black. Really? I see that. Go sit down. Go sit down. Everybody's got one. They're good. Everybody got one? They're good. They're good. All right. Well, thanks for coming, everyone. This is going to be a little different tonight. Um, for those of you guys that were here last week, we did the good test. Um, which is probably my favorite witnessing method, the one I'm most comfortable with, uh, partly because that's kind of what we went through a lot when I was in senior high. Just going through, drawing out the problem, showing people that their need for a Savior, and then how to give them the goods. And we kind of left on giving the gospel. And I gave you guys some verses in there from Romans, uh, following down through Romans Road. So we're going to look at that a little bit more in detail, sort of... Um, you know, a little bit of the heart, but trying to stay away from the heart. I don't want to steal, you know, Pastor Stevens' thunder on Sunday morning. So trying to stay as practical as possible. Man, is that hard. Like, you're reading through this, and it's like you, you feel like you just want to get into it. But we're going to try and not do that tonight. I know, yeah. It's the Bible. So um, so tonight we're going to be looking at giving the gospel. Um, and we're going to get to a little bit of a practical um, exercise at the end. So those of you guys who have your little half sheets um you guys are going to become that person um the only thing i ask and i'll mention it at the end just don't be utterly ridiculous we had some last time that was very hard to witness to people yeah brandon good grief some people i mean and it's sometimes sometimes it's like that out there but understanding here we're trying to develop you know skills trying to uh give people a little bit of a comfort level to you know understand what to expect with conversations oh before i forget So next week, we're going to do just sole practical application exercises together. We're going to split up in some groups. I'll go through that next week. The following week, um, we're going to go to the mall on Wednesday night. It's a little different, but we're going to arrange rides. We're going to have some other people um, help us. Uh, Luke and Michaela are going to be stepping in here and helping drive and lead some groups too. So more to come with that. My ask with that. Is it you guys? Just communicate that to your parents. The timing is going to be the same. Uh, we're going to meet here at 6:30. Uh, try and be out of here around 6:40, 640, 6:45. So if you're bringing anybody, if they're, you know, if they're driving themselves two weeks from today, make sure they know be here on time. Because if they get here at like 6:45 or 6:50 and we're already gone, I mean, they could meet us at the mall, but it, it's just awkward, you know. So make sure you guys pin that down, and then we'll be back. Hope shooting to be back probably by 8, 8:10. 8, um, but it'll give us a great opportunity to go out and really put a lot of these things to practice. So, uh, just don't forget that. Like I said, mention it to your parents so that they have, you know, that Wednesday doesn't come. They come back here like for an emergency, and they're like, "Wait a second, where's the entire senior high?" So, anything else to add with that? No, really. Just, yeah. Just Maybe make you, sure that communicate. I know some of you guys um, do a better job than others communicating with your parents, this is a big one. Yeah. So make sure that you do that. If there let us know, um, and some of you, you know, we can we can figure it all out. But we want to meet here first. And, and if your if your parents permits you to drive, and if you want to ride with somebody else, that's completely really fine with us. just make sure that it's clear with both of of parents, so that way there's no issues whatsoever. Um, we'll yep. Yeah, we're putting the trust in your hands, but we will have rides available, multiple vehicles, if you just want to show up and ride with people. That's fine too. So, huh? Yep. Yeah, Oh, gosh. I really want to step out and get something. No, we're going two weeks from today, we're going witnessing at the mall on Wednesday night. Andy's thrilled. All right. So, like I said, tonight, giving the gospel. Um, Anchor verse for this series has been Acts 1 8. Um, It's on your study sheet. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. And remember, my challenge has been to you where is your Jerusalem? And in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth, taking it out. But it can't go out if you're not already doing it locally. If you're not already doing it where God has you now, what makes you think you're going to be successful if you you try and take it out elsewhere? Flip over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. In the front row, you really have no excuse. I in my Yeah. But he knew. He knew where we were going. Let's see. Come on, Gavin. Excuses, excuses. All right, Romans 1. We're going to start in verse 15. 15. 15. Romans 1 15. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. To you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. See your key point, the true power that leads to a person's salvation is found in the gospel of Christ. I think a lot of times we forget that. We forget how powerful the gospel is. How powerful the message of the gospel is how life-changing that is, and really just how powerful those words are. How powerful the Bible is. The Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To everyone, there is power in these words. There's power in Christ's name. There's power in this book. There's power in the gospel. So I want to ask you. I got some blanks. Don't cheat. Don't just start rifling through your Bible. Write down, and it's just going to be for you. What is the gospel? Someone came up to you and said, what is the gospel? I hear this word, the gospel. We need to spread the gospel. We need to share the gospel. We need to tell people the gospel. What is the gospel? I think there's a lot of people that would fumble around that. A lot of people that would claim to be saved, and I'm not challenging your salvation, but would have a hard time articulating really what the gospel is. threw this question out at Bible Club and there were back at Northwest a couple weeks ago and it, there were a wild different amount of perspectives on it. But we throw that term around a lot, the gospel. What is the gospel? And obviously we're going to look at it tonight. So I want you to just write down where you're at with it. It's just going to be for your reference as we go back through and kind of use as a little gut check. When you're done, flip over to 1 Corinthians 15. be funny if Tyler like popped up on the screen. What was that again? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Disgusting. All right. When you're done, flip over to 1 Corinthians 15. Gosh, it is like a hundred degrees in (laughs) here. Carson. What? (laughs) <laughs> what? What are we doing? All right, 1 Corinthians 15. So point number one, plain and simply put, the gospel. We're going to look at the gospel and just a, a, a couple different points around it. So letter A, the clearest explanation. I know we've gone to these verses multiple times in here, so they should be very familiar. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the what? gospel which I preached unto you which also you have received and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures that's it that is the clearest simplest one stop shop to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did. He came down, Jesus Christ, God, in human flesh, 100% God, 100% man, lived a perfect life to be that payment, to be that sacrifice for our sins. Died, was buried, three days later rose again, defeating sin and death. That is the gospel. We're going to look at some verses that talk about, you know, confessing, believing that, making that your own, believing that Jesus Christ was God, that he had the power to do that, and calling upon him to save you. That's it. And that's why the Bible talks about, you know, uh, the simplicity that's in the gospel. Don't let that trip you up. I mean, that took me, what, 30 seconds to explain? It took God four verses here. Very, very simple. God kept it very simple. But you know what the problem is in today's world? We've become so smart. We've become so Intellectual it can't be that simple. There's got to be something more. I mean, look, again, I, I, I say this a lot. Look at ourselves and how complex we are. And it's amazing of the power of God. And People who use that and turn it around and say, see, salvation can't be that simple. Just look at how complicated everything is. There's got to be something we do. Why? Because we want to take pride in it. We want to feel like we did something. It's, no, it's that no man can boast. That's the gospel, simply put. Clearest explanation. If somebody asks you and... You want a quick stop shop to show them 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Story of Jesus Christ. Letter B, Romans Road. Flip over to Romans chapter 3. <coughs> so again, you get to the end of the good test or you get to the end of a conversation with somebody and they're talking to you and they're concerned and they're like, what do I do? I mean, I have you guys don't have to raise your hands, but have any of you ever been at that conversation with somebody and they're like, oh crap, I actually have to give them the gospel. I did not expect to get it here. You know, you almost didn't believe the power in what you were sharing and that their heart was going to be receptive and then you get there and you're like, uh, you just, you get saved. These are things that you want to have down. You, wanna, you, you ought to be able to rattle these verses off at will. Somebody says, what do I need? What's my problem? Well, you know, the wages of sin is death. I always go to that and compare it to a job or you know, just understand your circumstances, understand the situation that you're in, but you gotta have these verses down. And Romans Road is probably the most popular one to take somebody and work them through their life and show them their need for a savior. And I typically start at Romans three twenty-three. I think most do. Can somebody read that? <clears throat> Sam. Very simply put, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when you're witnessing to somebody, again, Put yourself right there with them. You know, it's, I've sinned. You've sinned. We've all fallen short of this core. We've, we all come short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. Sometimes we can get in this uh, viewpoint that, you know, we don't need a Savior because we already have a Savior, and I know it can feel like it's natural, but always realize when you're witnessing to somebody what it's like to be them, what it's like to feel hopeless, what it's like to be on their side, feeling like you don't have any hope and empathize and connect with them and say, look, I'm right in this fight with you. And then they'll start looking at you being like, but how are you so confident? If you're going to hell, just like, well, see, that's just it. I'm not going to hell. There's more to this story. Romans 5, 12, flip over there. Somebody read verse 12. Same by one sin. See, I like going to this next. You're starting to build the case for that, that death. You're starting to explain, look, sin has come upon all men. One man's sin, we are born in that image of Adam. And again, you don't have to have all these verses down. In that conversation, they're not going to say, well, they might. But typically, they're not going to say, show me in the Bible where you're talking about the image of Adam. No, we're born sinners. We were created perfect back in Adam and Eve, Adam's sin. Now we are born in the image of Adam. God came, sent his sons to restore that image, to bring us a new birth. One man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Death has come by that sin. And then I roll right into Romans 5, 8. You jump up. But here's the contrast. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners... Again, God didn't wait for us to clean stuff up. God didn't wait for us to get to a certain point. Witnessed to countless people that are like, well, I'm just not at that point yet. I'm just not ready for that yet. Well, there's no way that God wants to save me. I just need to do this, this, and this. You go to Romans 5, 8 and say, look, it's why we were yet sinners. He did not look at you and say, okay, now now you're ready for my son. Now you're ready for salvation. You know why? Because we'd never be ready. We can't position ourselves in such a way that God would say, okay, now you're righteous enough for my son. On our best day, our works are but filthy rags. We've got to, we've got to view ourselves as that so that we can be compelling when we share the gospel to people, recognizing that we deserve hell just like them. And then, but you're starting to see, when you're, when you're going through these verses, you're starting to see the gears turn in their minds. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You start talking about Jesus. Hey, do you know Jesus? you know that Christ that this is talking about? What do you think about Jesus? Who's Jesus to you? Because that Jesus came, and he didn't just live a good life and have good words. He went up and died on the cross, is what the Bible says, and is what historical accounts says. And he died on the cross for our sins. Flip over to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And here's one of the biggest division verses. Biggest polarity verses. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is where I say, alright, you have an you have an option. You can go down your way. You can try and live a good life. You can try and do it your own way. But you will always be in your sinful state outside of Jesus Christ. And then I always say wages. You know, when you think of wages, what do you think of? A job. You know, yeah, money, what you earn. Okay, so you go out and say your job is sinning, which unfortunately all of our jobs are, and you work a 40-hour work week, except it's how many hours are there in a week? 84, 96? I don't know. Doesn't matter. 24 times 7. There you go. Wow, well, was way off. Anywho. What the heck was I thinking? I'm usually, I, I'm usually, yeah, whatever. Anywho, that is our occupation, seven days a week, 24-7. And the wages, the earnings that we get for that is death. It's just like going to a job. What we earn from our sin is death. You can go that route, but I, I'm telling you, the Bible is, is true whether you want to believe it or not. The end of that life is death. But, here's the contrast, that you can choose that route. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our name. Wait, you're telling me that I can I can have eternal life? How is that possible? I'm a sinner. I, and that's where this conversation can go a while a bunch of different ways. I'm a sinner too. but Christ loved us enough. You know John 3:16. You know that Christ still loved the world Second Peter 3:9 or is not slack concerning his promise. as some men count slackness so but his long suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He, was, he wants all of us to come to repent. And being a father, I'll, I'll start getting personal. I'll be like, it's like my kids. My kid makes a mistake. I don't kick him to the curb and say, see you later. You're out of the family. I don't want to ever be with you again. No, I want them to come, and I want them to make it right. And that's exactly what God looks at us like we're his children. Even when we're lost, he desires to have us in his family. And he's made a way. You know, this world tries to make you feel, if you're involved in sin, like there's no way that you either need a a perfect God or that that perfect God would want to spend any time with you. I got news for you, he does. Engage who you're talking to, the situation that they're in. Again, make it personal. God gave us all these pictures in this world, the, the family structure that Satan's trying to attack, societal structures, everything to be able to connect and pierce the heart. Again, those are all still invisible things that you look around and you're like, God, we didn't invent these things. They're all from the Bible. Use them to penetrate their heart. But when you get to Romans 6.23, they have a decision to make. Do you want this eternal life? Do you want what Jesus Christ has to offer? Do you believe that? Or do you want to pay your own way? Because you can. You can pay your own way. You can receive those wages. (coughs) Those wages are death. And then you'll have people that will say, well, what do I do? How do I get saved? How do I receive that eternal life? And that's where you go over Romans 10, you've got to have these four verses, five verses down. One of the most beautiful processes here. Verse 9. You ask them, do you believe the things that I'm sharing with you? Do you believe the things of the Bible? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God, came down, and died for your sins? Do you believe that you need that? Call upon him to save you. And sometimes, you know, I've had it where I've sat down with somebody and prayed with them right there. Sometimes they want to take it and go do it on their own time, which is perfectly fine. Obviously, us, were at least me, I'm a control freak, and I'm like, I just want to make sure you do it. I don't want you to go home and forget about these things. So then I'll just saturate it with prayer if they ended up just walking away. But even if they do walk away, exchange a number. I mean, boys with boys, you know, you don't want to be a creep about it, but make sure connect with them, email, have a way of following up. You know, there was a student I witnessed to at Northwest... Uh, back during canal days Um, he prayed to get saved we split our ways but we exchanged numbers I texted him after Um, his name's Logan I don't know if you there's probably a lot of Logans I don't know yeah I know I don't know so still, still doing more digging anyways he replied back to my text said hey thank you I appreciate the prayers I invited him to church and I didn't hear anything from him again I don't know I'll send him a text later, you know, every now and then, let him know I'm praying for him. But the whole point is there's that open line of communication. It gives me peace knowing that, hey, if he has any questions, if he has something come up, he knows how to get back, he knows how to reach out to me. If he, if he has any any questions, concerns, follow-up is huge. Because the second you plant that seed, this world, the snares, this devil's going to try and rip it out. He's going to try, and if they did get saved, squelch it, burn it out, and say, no, he's not going to be effective for you. Or, the, or if they walk away and they end up not praying there, he's going to do everything in his power to try and distract them, to keep them from praying to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But that's what's key. Letter C at the end of this, got to bring them to a point of decision. Look over to John 11. So you give them the gospel. Again, I, I think, one, if you don't already have it down, work on Romans Road. Get these verses down. Memorize them. Make them second nature for you. Know where they are in the Bible. Gosh, where am I going? I was going to Romans 5. I don't know why. John 11. So Jesus and Martha are talking here after Lazarus had died. They're going back and forth, but I love the question here. When you go through adult discipleship, it's one of the verses you have to memorize sets of verses here at our church, but verse 23, says, Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the light. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus was always about questions always about bringing people to a point of decision i'm telling you that is so critical in your conversations with people sometimes it can feel like it's going to be awkward but it's not they're waiting for you to ask if there's fear around that if there's an awkwardness it's it's your flesh it's the devil and it's just good for you to stretch that a little bit but ask you get to the end and say what do you think about these things have you ever heard these things before you know, do these things concern you about heaven and hell? Do you believe the things that I've shared about Jesus? Do you believe your state as a sinner? Is this something you would like to pray now? Put them on the spot. Their eternity at stake. Who cares if it feels a little awkward? They might make the decision right then and there to change their entire eternity. That, to me, is why... I used to be extremely, and I still get a little nervous. I wouldn't call myself an evangelist by any means, but that's what makes it exciting for me. You think about the impact you can have on somebody and the ripple effect. You know, I was thinking a couple weeks ago um, just around Mark Trotter's story. Um, what was it? Somebody pick, it was picking him up for, like, practice or something. Mark Trotter, how he got saved. Just one little guy that had an impact on him. And I guarantee he has no idea the fruit that came from that downline. But Mark Trotter, and then and Pastor Tom, and then First Baptist Church of Jackson, and then you guys. One person you witness to might just, I mean, be one more giant notch that blows this planet apart for Jesus Christ. You have no idea the ripple effect down the line. God wants to use you. He He wants you to be a part of that. You know, we look at people up on, up on the stage preaching and we hear sermons from people or listen to podcasts or something. We might think, man, those guys are so cool. A lot of those people would not be in any place of prominence that they are in without common people sharing on the gospel. That, to me, is the most important people on this planet, are common people going out and sharing the gospel. People can stand up and preach a message. People can share the Bible in front of people that believe it. I'm not worried about you guys throwing stones at me or killing me or getting all fired up or mocking me. It's the Bible. I know this is a comfort zone. Going out and witnessing, that can be a whole other ballgame. That's where this battle is won. It's not one just sitting in here listening to the message and getting fired up and excited and then going home and living your life. It's going out and sharing the gospel. It's going out and telling people about Jesus Christ. But bring them to a point of decision. Don't let it just be a lot of information. And then point number two, we'll buzz through this quick just because I want to have enough time to to do some interaction. But I want you guys to check through your perspective of the gospel. What's your perspective of the gospel? Letter A, it needs to be our sole mission to give it away. Flip over to Romans. We're going to probably just end in Romans. I'll let you guys look at 2 Corinthians on your own. Romans chapter 1. the gospel is as, as something that you are obligated or in debt to share because you are verse 14 Romans 1 I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians both to the wise and to the unwise so as much as so as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also you view yourself as a debtor to those people that are around you to give them the gospel because you are. I love the analogy, and I share it a lot. If you had the cure to cancer, you'd be jabbing it in people's arms as quickly as possible. You'd be giving it out as quickly as possible. There's a spiritual war against the gospel, why it's so difficult to give out. There's spiritual forces that don't want you to give that cure out. Give it out. You're a debtor to those people. What a shame to be looking at people knowing, yeah, I know they're going to hell, but I'm just uncomfortable to do that. I can tell you right now, that day that you're watching them go down to hell, you're not going to be uncomfortable that day. You'll be uncomfortable for a whole different reason. And you're going to wish that you opened up your mouth. You're a debtor to everyone that's around you. Flip over to ten, chapter 10. Can i have somebody read verses 14 and 15. Carson. How then shall they follow they have not how they have not how shall they And how shall they the the of I knew I shouldn't have picked Carson to read a verse that has an exclamation like. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. No, I was just picking on you, Tyson. That exclamation mark creeps up on you. You're like, oh crap, good things? Get right at the end. You guys are critically important in this. How are they going to hear if we're not out sharing it with them? We have a very important role. Give the gospel you view that as your sole mission on this earth? Or is your sole mission to grow up, have a career, have kids, and, and do all these things, X, Y, and Z, and fill in the blank, and just kind of abide? I'll tell you right now, God doesn't want you to not do those things, but he wants you to do those things while he's the center of them. He wants you to have kids, and you're raising up kids who go out and do the exact same thing. He wants you to have a job that can supply and fund what he's trying to do across the seas, what he's trying to do over in the Philippines. God is all about the multiplication business. Be a part of it. But view it as your sole mission. <clears throat> view it every day when you wake up. Have this on your mind. Who can I give the gospel to today? Set goals. And let it be, never forget, someone shared it with you. Changing your entire eternity. Again, who are you to keep it? A lot of us, we need a perspective shift on our gospel. It's not just our gospel. Yes, it's yours personally, but it's one that you need to give out. So in closing, again, like I said, we had printer errors, so you guys didn't have this point, but it's worth noting, if we don't preach the true gospel, another will flood this lost world. It absolutely will. Flip over to 2 Corinthians 11, and then we'll close. Trust me, Satan doesn't waste opportunities and unfortunately, he outworks the majority of Christians nowadays. Don't let him outwork you. Second Corinthians 11, 3. I mentioned this earlier, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, her. so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached or if you receive another spirit which you have not received or another gospel which you have not accepted you might well bear well you might well bear with him you see there's going to come people that preach another Jesus another gospel and I, I like how the Bible says another Jesus because it's got Jesus's name on it it's got the gospel's name on it it's got church on it It's got God on it, but it's not the gospel. You guys have the gospel. You guys have been given much. Get this out, because if you don't, Satan is going to fill it with false gospels, false Bibles, and false Jesuses that are very close to the truth, but they're sending people to hell every single day. All right, let's pray.